do you know about it? Philosophy of bullshit, 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 bullshit. 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 <laughs> Is that all I'm ever going to get from you guys? Bullshit. Philosophy bullshit episode nineteen. Got the usual suspects. Today we have Mark Reyes Jr. You have a boxing name? No, like just Mark Reyes Jr. In between, it, wanna, you don't do a. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't ever want to like put anything Mark in between. Mark Superman, them. nothing like that. Like, I just want people to hear my name and be like, "Yo, that's that's him. That's the boxer." Mark Reyes Jr. What, what do you fight? Who do you fight for? Like, what's the league in Tampa? The or so boxing is, is just one of those weird sports where there's no leagues really. Um, it's just uh, what weight class you're in. Well, so, but so, so there's like, I mean, it's got to be like a Tampa division or something. Like, what? Just, no. you're just well, it's always like within the nation. So it'll be like, um, I don't even know what I'm ranked right now. So you're just guess. a pro welterweight, pro professional welterweight. Yeah. And you're six and zero. Oh. Six and zero. Oh. Uh, how many knockouts do you have? Four knockouts. And what was your amateur record? Uh, amateur was forty and six. Did you? You didn't ever do Olympics or anything, did you? I wanted to do the Olympics, so I won the Junior Olympics at sixteen. Um, that qualified me for like a international um, a international tournament in Russia that I wasn't able to make it to because of passport issues. Um, okay, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, that was fucking crazy. <clears throat> I was sixteen. I was like, man, you know, like this is a great opportunity, and then. Um, the day my passport comes in, uh, we got to expedite it. And then the day it comes in, the the coordinator for the U.S., uh, he told us that they had already booked their flights and that they were leaving the following day. So I missed so it. I missed to it get a flight much. to Russia the next day probably would have been... Oh, yeah, a couple thousand. A couple thousand bucks. Yeah, easily. So, uh, welterweight, 147? That... Yep, 147. So what, do you, what do you walk around at? Um... You, you, don't blow, one, you don't blow up too much. So. No, like normally 165 is the most I'll get. Not too bad of a cut then. Mm-mm, never. Um, like the way I always see it is like you got to stay within shape. You right. Know? Don't ever let yourself get too. You should always be training at yeah, some at exactly. some level. So it's like one of the guys that I appreciate that for is Floyd because you know, always you in him, shape. He's always in shape. He'll come in the way you know the day of the weigh in. The following day he's maybe five or six pounds yeah. more. He's never too much. Um, so that tells you he's always at that weight. Um, and then you got other guys like Adrian Broner. I saw a picture of him. Blows at a, up at the fight at a day. game, man. It was horrible. And I saw him at a, I want to say it was a, a Cavs game. And he, he was eating a hot dog, man. I, <laughs> his belly his belly looked like, like, like he was pregnant, a couple months pregnant. Yeah, you know, he's a drinker and all that. So, you know, yeah. he's – and it's just – that's like – I feel like there needs to be – like a different, you know, type of rule. I understand it. You know, the, the cut. Well, no, just like the cut you weigh in. There, ha- there should be a limit to how much, like you know, you could put on. I know some people put it in their contracts that you can right. only gain so much on right. the fight. That's true because some some contracts will have that clause right. if they know. Let's say beforehand they know the guy likes to blow guy, up. Yeah, they're fighting a guy that'll easily put on eighteen, twenty pounds. It's crazy. There, so they'll it's put in the clause. Uh, a max of 12 pounds. Right, or else you lose your half your purse exactly. or something like that. And then, and then they'll have to forfeit that much and pay to the other pay to the other fighter. So, I mean, things like that are always good, but um, like as far as me, like I, I, I rehydrate probably 14, 15 pounds. So, I mean, is, you're right around normal. Pretty normal. Um, you know, it's not too much. I still feel, still feel fast, still feel strong at that weight. Um, but, you know, when you cut the weight, 
you got to rehydrate properly. So, you know, you got guys that'll bloat themselves in a way. Yeah. And they'll they'll be sluggish the next day. You can kind of see where they overdid it. And then you got guys where they don't rehydrate properly and they get hurt the next day. It's all about your cut, too. I mean, it's people who wait the last second. They, you know, mm-hmm. they severely dehydrate themselves. I mean, you see it all the time in, like, MMA and stuff. The guys can't even stand up at the weigh-ins. Like, I've they deplete it. themselves down to nothing because they're they're such in like that that you know they got to get rid of five pounds in yeah. an hour and they're just you know they're not they even swallowing spit all. they're getting rid of everything in yeah. their body yeah they gotta they they gotta take out all the water that's in them you know and that's one of the things that is, it can be dangerous um, that's part of the reason why they no longer do same day weigh in um, before back in the day they would weigh in right and you fight that, fight that night yeah. Um, but a lot of guys got hurt because they do that. They yeah. lose, you know, 10 pounds the week of the fight, uh, probably five or six pounds a day before the weigh-in, and then go weigh in. And, you know, these guys are depleting their body of all their electrolytes, all their, you know, all their bad yeah, all their bodies. Yeah, dying. That's <laughs> water. So, yeah, I've seen a couple of guys have their trainer hold them up. While they're weighing in. While they're weighing in. It's That's got to be like at at some point it's got to be like the promoter or whoever's you know whatever whoever's throwing that putting those fights on they gotta be like yo you can't you can't fight if you can't stand up on the scale by yourself that's, that's but then that's they walk out the next day and they're they perfectly be, fine and exactly. they could end up you know they end up winning the fight, demolishing so. somebody. Uh, but I mean, I, another thing is that's on your team too. You know, your trainers, everything. They should be the ones that are setting up your, you know. Your week by week, your week by week, we're going to start cutting now. Like, you know, by then we're going to be halfway, you know, halfway in. Yeah. Then your last final cut should not be as hard as, you know, every, you know, a lot of people make it. Uh, Your head, your head trainer is your dad, right? No. um, My dad does. My dad does work the corner. But um, my head trainer would be Roberto. I've been with him for about a year now. Out of, uh, are you at Trigger City? Is that where you work out at? Yeah. They just recently changed the name because um, of the the shootings that were in yeah. Seminole Heights. Uh, so he didn't want to be associated with that, and uh, they changed the name to Tampa City Boxing. And it's still it's over there in uh, Drew it's Park. Still same place, yeah. yeah, over there in Drew Park. It's a good gym, man. Uh, it's probably probably my favorite place to work out. Just the atmosphere is nice. Um, how did like how did you start? Like, what what made you start boxing? Was it just like a hobby thing when you were a kid, or like did your dad put you in it, or is it? Yeah, so my dad, um, I I was really hyper as a kid, and my dad, you know, had to find an outlet for me to release that energy. So he took me to a boxing gym, and from there, the trainer told him, he's like, look, I'm going to be honest, uh, your son has a lot of natural athleticism and talent. It's up to him if he can, you know, if you want to keep bringing him in here, and I'll keep keep working with him. And I got to tell you, I was six, and my life consisted of going to school getting picked up going to boxing going to the boxing gym and i, I say it wasn't until i was 12 where i didn't hate my dad for it <laughs> um well yeah because you're a little kid getting put through the gauntlet every day as exactly. I mean, boxing training is not fun no and it, and i would it wasn't even just the training it'd be 200 push-ups 200 sit-ups <laughs> running two miles you know so it's one of those things where now i appreciate it but growing up i was like man I can't wait to fight my dad or support my dad. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait till I'm big enough to fight him for doing this. Uh, when, when did, when, how old were you when you first fought? Like, what, or like, not like first, like actually had a real, you know, organized fight. 
not just sparred or something like that. Right. So that would be when I was twelve. I had my first. I had my first amateur fight. Um, I won. I want to say I won like the first four fights, and then I lost one. And then I went on another streak of winning like ten fights, and then after that, my dad decided to go ahead and um, start putting me in national tournaments. It's one thing to fight, you know, in the state. You're fighting some of the best kids that are here. Um, so it's kind of something similar to, like, uh, district games and state right, games, yeah. things like that. Um, so once you get to the national stage, you're fighting guys that were the best in their state, were the best in their region, which consisted of multiple states, and now you're fighting to see who's the best in the nation. Um, so that experience was, was great. I, I want to say my first national tournament, I played second, and I lost to a kid that had 90... 95 96 fights uh, and how many did you have by then maybe like 20 or something no not even i had i had 12 fights yeah i fought my they they call it an open fighter when you have more than 10 fights so i fought my 10th 11th and 12th fight in in that tournament tournament. and where were those at that was in san antonio that was your so the first time you ever went traveled you went to texas and got second yeah I remember that drive, man. It's horrible. I'll never, I'll never take that drive. <laughs> Who like a, would, bro? Like Twenty hours. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, man. Fuck. I think we drove. To, I don't know if I drove to Texas. I know I went to Texas, but I was young too, like maybe yeah. like nine. Oh, okay. So but, man, I'm telling you, it's like it's a drive getting to Texas, and then once you're then in you Texas, fight. it's a drive there. You like, shit. yeah, driving around Texas is a big ass place. Um, so nationals. Uh, how many different tournaments did you do? From from twelve, how what age group were you for amateurs? Twelve to what? So amateurs they normally do like two year age groups where it's uh, twelve and thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, like that. Um, so I did um, eleven and twelve. Um, that was when that was when I got second in the national pal, which which was in San Antonio. And then the following years when I won, it was uh, 13 and 14. And then for the Junior Olympics, it's 16 and up. So um, I won that when I was 16. And that was, uh, that was a really big accomplishment. I, I won that with a, a torn right tendon in my thumb. And uh, I think the first night I hit the kid with the right hand. Mind you, I fought four days in a row. So the first night I hit the kid with the right hand and uh, I, I took a knee. And everybody was in the audience was kind of like, "What? What is this kid doing?" And um, what people don't realize in amateurs is that if you take a knee, it doesn't count against you. Um, they don't do that type of scoring, so or at least then. And um, so I took that time. I looked over at my trainer. I told him, "I said, man, look, my right." I, I remember I mouthed to him. I said, "My my hand, my hand." So he said, "Get up and just jab." Just jab. Yeah, because you're orthodox, so exactly. that's your power punch is your right hand. Is the right hand. So that was one of the things. And then, um, you know, we got through that night, iced it, and after that, man, it was basically the same thing. Just had to just had to keep fighting through it. But does adrenaline take over at that point? Do you still throw power punches, or you just kind of baby it and just you work gotta, off the jab? I, I tell you, the, the best advice that was given to me was win or lose, the pain's still going to be there. Yeah, regardless. So, you can put in your mind that I'm going to lose and I'm still going to feel this pain or I'm going to win and, you know, I'll, I'll push I'll, the pain yeah. aside. Like, so that's what I did. So you kept throwing it even if you... <laughs> even if it hurt. After you have that. to. I mean, like you said, it, that's and that's your bread and butter is your right. Yes, so 
either either and you that'd be a busy fight. They'd be throwing nothing but jabs and moving around, and these kids are going for knockouts. Oh, yeah. And what the those amateur fights at that when you're doing tournaments? What is it? Is it like Olympics, like three rounds? It's three rounds, yeah. So, so you're not fighting full fight. So you got to no. get something done yeah. in three rounds. So. It's, it's it's like a constant fast pace. You know, these guys. Are, it's like a sprint versus you know America. Right. Yeah. You're you're getting it done as quick as you can. It's not. You don't have time to judge. Let judges win the, the fight for you. You got to get it done. And yeah, and that's one of the things too. Is like uh, the judges sometimes they. I don't know what fights they see. Man. Well, I mean, we've so seen that in yeah. the last couple of years. We've seen that in, in professional fights. So. Well, not I mean high the uh, amateur professional. I mean it's what's that um, lady's name? Uh, Adeline Adeline Bird, the one that uh, oh she gets everybody's woo, scores wrong. Everybody. She was the one that did that triple G fight with uh, with Canelo and had uh, what, what the one eighteen to one yeah, and she just did what was the most recent one she did that was just like she was oh, good. It was somebody that was like she she scored it like one eighteen to like one fourteen, and everybody else was like. Within a point, it's like she's. I think she got. Uh, I think she got either fined or she has to do like she has to spend time off. Like she's not allowed to do a couple fights. I think she it, did a MMA fight should, too. That's what they should do for her. They should go ahead and you know give her some time away. Yeah, suspend her for a little bit and <laughs> just take her when out. When every fight that you when uh, I mean when every fight that you you judge you have one. That there's one judge that's like, oh what the Way fuck, the wall. and it's always her. It's so it's, her. I think I think she scored the Mayweather and Canelo fight a draw. I think that was another one that it that was, was another one she did. She scored that one a draw, and you know he, May, Mayweather won at least oh, eight nine had, rounds of that fight, if not more. Um, but that, that, the judging in boxing is one of the things that um, that's really that's really hurt the sport in years, and. Um, as well as, you know, you got fighters with the matchmaking and promoter issues, things like that. But um, they also want to get rid of Olympic boxing now. Yeah, and they just, the brought it, they just brought it back. Uh, and now they were saying that they were – well, no, what was it? Last year was the first year they did it without, without the, head the headgear, gear, right? Right. And then the headgear wasn't so much of an issue. They, they – I think what, they, what it is is that they're trying to introduce – the amateur fighters into what they'll be experiencing as a professional, but still, man, just the judging in the in that 2016 Olympics was was horrible. Yeah, what? Who got? Who was it that got? Um, was it Javante Davis? No, no, no. What's the other kid? Um, Shakur Stevenson. Shakur Stevenson. He's he got screwed out of his gold medal because I mean he definitely should have won. That bad? Oh yeah, he got he got yeah, worked was... out. Um, but another thing with Olympics Olympic boxing is. The Olympics are supposed to be the best of the best, but no pros are allowed to be in it. You know, pro baseball players can go play in the Olympics. You know, basketball, all the pros go and play. But boxing, there's zero pros in it. It's all you can only be an amateur. You can't right. can't be a pro boxer, which is kind of stupid fighter. because they you'd want to see the the best fighters fighting each other. They were talking about allowing fighters, professional fighters, up to a certain amount of fights. To be eligible for it. Okay. So, like, younger pros that can... Right. So, that, you know, some of these younger guys can go ahead and compete. Yeah, because now that you're get... a pro, you couldn't you couldn't go in the Olympics, could you? No. Uh, being a professional fighter, you, you can't, can't. You can't um, do it. The closest thing that they have is, like, a semi-pro league that's called World Series Boxing. Yeah, I've heard of it. And that, they'll, they'll mix. They'll mix between professional fighters 
and amateur fighters. High ranked amateurs. Yes, very high. I mean, you got guys that are you know the number one, the the number one in there that could pretty much walk in, could turn division. pro whenever they want. They exactly. just have it. Um, one of the guys is Lomachenko. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen some of his stuff. Of and course. He won. I think he won two years in a row. Yeah. Two or three years in a row. He's a two-time gold medalist. So, he, and then his first fight, you know, he's already fighting a 12-round fight. You know, it's it's just the experience that they get from those type of fights. That That's what's crazy with uh, Shakur Stevenson too. He hasn't fought a 12-round yet, so you might need to help him out. Um. He hasn't fought a 12-round yet either. He's only been eight rounds. <laughs> yeah, the that's what another thing that I don't like. Uh, I don't know why. I don't. I don't really enjoy that when they get the the younger guys and they give them only eight-round fights or the five-round fights and shit like that. Like, I mean, if you're gonna be a pro and you're gonna be on a pay-per-view card, you need to be fighting 12 rounds. Yeah, it's one of those things that. Just, I think sometimes they they cater and baby the fighters a little too long, and you know it leads to guys end up where they get hurt. Um, you know they do get to that they do get exposed to that next level of competition, and they're unable to really answer the call because they've been babied um, in the in that kind of way where they're not where they're not fighting these these um, these longer fights. They're not getting the quality of rounds and they're not getting the quality of opponents, and then. They go ahead and they fight somebody that's halfway, you know, up to their caliber, and they end up getting beat. Yeah. What are what are amateur rounds? How much is it? I think. Do they vary or? I think they're just. Um, well, it does vary on age, but I know for the Olympics, it's like four four three minute rounds. But what about like a normal like you know a fight night like a like a Friday night at the convention center That'd amateur probably, boxing? What that probably be. Um, they got different rounds, so you always have your four rounders. You have your six rounders. You have eight rounders. Um, probably your, for that, for those type of fights, would be like a ten round. Yeah, probably a ten round fight. Eight or ten round fight would would be the the main event for have one you, of the. Local have you gone? Shows. Have you all gone, Have you ever gone a full a full fight yet, or have you all finished everybody? I've gone two two full fights. Twelve uh, rounds or ten? Four four rounds. Even it, as pro. Yeah, even as a pro, they, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you just try to find the pace. Once you get into the pace, you know, you try to get the guy out of there. It doesn't always happen. Some of these guys are just durable. Yeah. You know, it's not always And in four rounds, I mean, you, it's you not can't wear somebody down in four rounds unless you're just on them. You know, you're super fast-paced. Sometimes it takes a couple of rounds for you to get into a groove. And yep. I mean, I know guys that, like uh, Felix Trinidad, he would pretty much take the first three rounds to off, actually yeah, warm they, up. Yeah, and, so really, those first three rounds, he's kind of giving them away. Download your all their movements, everything like that, and yeah, study the fighters. Um, so one of the things that that's one of the things that I learned in the amateur was what in the amateurs was to go ahead and study the fighters in the first round, learn a couple of things about him, see how he reacts. Second round, by the second round, I've already figured out what it is that I want to set him up with. Usually it's a big enough shot. So then you start working that in. Yeah. So then you start you start opening that up. Then once you then once you're able to get that through, then you go ahead and open. You know that'll lead to more openings right. later on. Then you find that one. And then yeah. Um, when it, I know a lot of guys. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of guys who say they don't do it or won't admit to it. Uh, are you are you the type of guy that like watches 
old fights from whoever you're about to fight? Do you like to watch and see what they do? See if you can find tendencies in them, or you just like to just work on you and you go out there and fight your fight? So it's a it's a mixture. Uh, I definitely like to see who I'm fighting. Um, obviously, everybody's going to have a different style. But what one of the things that I can't judge certain fighters by is how they react once they get hit. Because not everybody is going to hit the way I right. the way I do. So you know, some fights I've watched where a guy's pressing the entire fight. I fight him and he's running. You know, it's just some of those things that that you know some of those um, differences in in the fights, and you just got to be able to adjust though. So I, I definitely like to watch uh, tape on who I'm going to fight, um, but. As far as like what what I'm really gonna study, I'm focusing most on myself, so that I'm able to adapt to whatever is brought to me in the fight. Um, you know, it's one of those things that if I, I've, I feel like a fighter has to be intellectually sound inside the ring. If not, you know, you could run into somebody and you don't know how to adjust. Yeah. You're gonna take a you're gonna take a L. It's not you know it's not something that you can just kind of get through. And say, okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing I'm doing, and that'll that'll be enough. You know, you got to be able to switch up gears. You got to be able to um, to adapt. Bottom line. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I understand that. Yeah, you don't know. Just like how you said, if when they get hit by something, they don't know how to react. Same thing could happen. For, you know, you might not have ever been hit like that. They might get you right on the button, and you got to know how to come back from that. You got to be able to go into that survival mode, and yeah, that's that's, that's where all the training happened. comes in. Uh, happened on my fifth fight um i yeah so it was my fifth fight and i fought somebody with 50 like 53 fights and um i threw i think it was a right hand that i threw and he just threw a check hook and caught me and um my first time ever being down i wasn't i wasn't hurt it just one of those things just where caught you you know, guard. just caught me i got up and uh i remember thinking like as i was looking at the mat going down i was like damn this 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 guy dropped me. I was like, yeah. how did this happen? Tell and us then, how you feel, bro. <laughs> and then, uh, so in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, let me bounce up real quick. So, I mean, I don't even think I was down for a second. I got right back up. And I was like, all right, well, I'm awake now, so let me let me get in. And uh, just basically shut the guy out for the next. That was in the second round, so I shut him out from the second round of that part to the rest of the fight. Um, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, like you, like, like you said, some people, they get hit with something. And they don't know how to react. And it's one of the things that you have to train for. It's something that, you know, you hope doesn't happen. But I'd rather prepare for it yeah. than for it to happen and be unprepared. Was that one of the fights that went the, the distance or did you end up? That was the one That was one of them that went the distance. Did you put him on the mat? No. I didn't so you to. just outpointed him after just that? Just outpointed him. Just fought him. Um, I, tried, I tried a couple of times. I heard him. Tried to get him out of there. It just, you know, when... Somebody has 50 fights. They know how to they, survive. Yeah, they've been there before. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I'm I'm sure he's been hit hard and gotten his, gotten his chin, gotten his chin tested. But you know, you just gotta know how to survive when you get in there. There's just some guys that just don't know how to. They don't know how to get knocked out. They just no. You see the, like a guys, margarita or something like that. Like they can just go just, all night long with you hitting them and they'll never fall. I mean, you, their face will get. Their face will tell the tale, but their head, yeah, like, their brain is still there. They'd be like, damn, the dude guy's ass be he never fell one time. Nope. And some people are just like that, man. Um, what, uh, 
So what are, what type of like what's your week look like when you do train like you're in a full like right now you're in like the heart of your training right, so camp right, right now I'm in I'm in full camp mode, um, pretty much consists of like getting up in the morning we'll go um, we'll go have breakfast go to the gym um, once we get back from the gym pretty much everything just revolves around getting the adequate sleep getting adequate training. Um, people don't realize recovery is, is really important yeah. as well as the training. So, um, once we get back from the gym sometime in the, in the afternoon, I'll come back home, shower, rest up, and then we'll head out, get some more training in, maybe get some sparring, then go back home, relax a bit. And then that night, probably like around one, one in the morning, we'll go run. And then from there, I'll go to sleep. Same thing starts over and that's six days a week. Um, we spar three days a week. And, um, you know, we're basically doing, you know, three workouts every day for six days. So you just take one day off a week? One day. Is it a full day? Like, no, nothing? You just hang out? Just chill? Let your body hang out? Try to even just ease my mind from from the training and just, you know, focus on kids, family, just enjoying that. Uh, You said you run at, like, in the middle of the night you you run? Like, what are y'all... How many do you run? Like treadmill? Do you run street? No, I, I hate running the treadmill. So you run? I'm bored. You um, run out yeah. in the street. So it's always yeah, it's always running out on the street. Sometimes um, we'll go we'll go running downtown, and then you know I finish like a three four mile run, and then the the steps at the convention center I'll do some sprints on those, and we'll finish up you know that run that way. Then other times we'll run in the neighborhood. Um, you know, my dad, he's always with me. As I say, just, does, your, does your team run with you? Or? Yeah, so um, it's pretty much just my dad that will run with me. The rest of the guys in the team, they don't they don't run that late. Um, it's just one of the things that I like to do. feels fresh. Feels um feels almost like, you know, it's just peaceful. And more of a meditating run. Yeah, something that, you know, is, is necessary just for the mind than the body. Um so yeah, I mean, my dad's always there with me, and that's you know that's a blessing. Um, and then, do you, do you do you maintain running like out of camp? Do you, is that something you like to do, or is it just something you force yourself to do? I know a lot of people. I mean, I know boxing. You got to run. It's I mean that's all part of it. The lungs, the legs, that all comes with it. But a lot of guys, obviously, people don't like to run. You know, it's not yeah. something fun to do. So running is one of those things where I do only only when I'm in camp. The reason why is because it is a lot of wear and tear on the joints and the knees. Um, so it's one of those things where I try to I try to do it during the six to eight weeks of camp. And then once I'm not in camp, I'm still in the gym. I never actually take a full week off. Um, like I, I just came back from a, from a vacation in, in uh, London and Rome. And when I was in London, I, I went to a gym over there, trained for a little bit, did some running. Record a run there. Exactly. So Sightseeing, running. So it's just one of those things where you know you just try to try to keep your body healthy, try to try to uh, keep the longevity going. Well, on top of running, there's also other you know other ways to expand your lungs and do like you know that type of. Uh, yeah, we do swimming. We do yeah, rowing and row. yeah, like there's a lot of different ways that you know aren't so bad on your joints. Cause I'd I say the worst thing I do probably is play basketball. That's really, probably the worst thing I do on my on my joints playing basketball. Yeah, there's just, a lot of jumping, a lot of you know yeah. cuts. You, obviously, you're not cutting in boxing, so that's bad no. on your knees. You know, exactly. You're bouncing. You're trying to stay light on your feet. Basketball, you're yeah, everywhere. You're all on and them. The way, and I mean, I I use it mostly to um, actually lose weight. 
when I'm, I don't feel like sitting in a sauna for a little while, or sometimes I don't uh, necessarily want to take a, a 20 minute jump rope session to lose some weight. So I'll go and I'll, I'll play a couple of games of basketball. And um, one of the things I'm always doing is I'm always running on any break and uh, just trying to get that, trying to get that explosiveness uh, involved in it. That's one of the things that I feel like as an athlete, you should never just want to be the best athlete in your sport. You should just want to be the best athlete all athlete, around. Athlete, yeah. But then playing basketball opens you up to possibly Injuries, getting injured yeah. or fucking around and, and that's rolling what, an ankle and not being able to fight. And that's what I'm always getting told off for. It's like, hey, you know, if this happens, you can say uh, you can say goodbye to training for like a year. I actually broke my – the doctor told me I, I broke a part of my foot. And where I broke it, the bone had – eroded so i had a crater in my foot i was still training though did they have did you have to do like eventually have to do surgery or you know i didn't have to do any surgery it It healed on its own um i ended up having to actually take a few weeks off um but before i knew actually what it was i was still training did it hurt or is it it, it hurt it was like a sharp pain i knew something was wrong it's just one of those things where you know unless you go get checked you don't know what's going on. right you just think it's soreness or yeah exactly and that's i guess that's kind of a downfall on the on the mindset where you know just work through the pain right but that is, i mean that's most guys you know most men at least that, that I, mindset if, if i'm not dead or something's hanging off i'm not going to the doctor that is that is something that's bad <laughs> enzo has been through it he was in the army so he's I'm sure you've had injuries that you didn't say anything to anybody Bro, about. <laughs> where we even have bandages to cover them up. Nah. And talking about running, this guy's had to run more than a boxer. <laughs> Not even that, but I, I try to run light, you know, light shoes, light clothing, running in boots, running, nah, running gear. Yeah, they're running in full pants, shirt, boots, belt, backpacks. Um. What about, do you have like a dietitian or you just kind of eat healthy all the time or how, like, do you have somebody that watches you, puts, so, me, puts meal plans together, stuff like that? Or So I've had in the past, I have had, um, dietitians. I, I've had, um, actually my, my aunt that she meal preps for me. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where once you do it for a certain amount of time, it kind of becomes a lifestyle where you start start weeding out certain things that you ate before and you say, oh, you know, it's, you actually don't even miss the taste of it in a way. Um, then there's other days where, you know, I might say, you know, checkers looks good today, but I mean, it's, it's, the it's kids want McDonald's. Thing. I might get a couple of nuggets, <laughs> but just, is it, I mean, uh, fight week is balls um, to the wall. You week. don't, you don't slip up. Nothing like that. You Definitely know? fight week. It's, it's actually like four weeks, uh, in four weeks four, out, four you... weeks of the training camp before the fight um dieting is is strict um no sugary drinks nothing with uh with a lot of like uh, fat nothing with a lot of fat um no heavy no like red meat i i, I stopped eating pork um i don't eat pork at all anymore. pork's a dirty dirty meat anyways huh? pork is to, a, a nasty like meat. meat i, I used to, I, mean, I used to like it it's a pig what do pigs eat shit and everything Humans else eat shit too what are you trying to say, bro? You eat humans? Cannibal now? <laughs> this guy's Argentinian. He thinks he's pork's amazing, man. Nah, I don't. I don't really eat pork either. But you don't like bacon? No. 
I don't eat bacon. I like turkey bacon. You should have never said that. I fuck with turkey bacon. Turkey too. bacon's good. I don't yeah, eat turkey bacon. bacon. Yeah, it's fire. I see turkey. You know, that's one of the things. I, I have turkey bacon. Um, and then what's your, what's that one thing after the fight? You're free. You're not training. You get a couple of days off. What's the one thing you run to? Like, what's your go-to meal? All right, it's got to be true moo chocolate milk and steak. <laughs> nice. It's got to be. Um, actually, you know what? I'm kind of craving the steak that I had in 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 England. It was a 24 ounce filet mignon. Yeah. Well, like, who's we, not we, craving that? Yeah. I mean, I'm craving so, that shit too. I guess. I guess after this fight would probably be that some true moo chocolate milk. A nice and, fat steak. Uh, um, they actually have white chocolate milk, and it's really good. Yeah, they make that over there. White chocolate milk. It's fire. I don't like milk, but that sounds pretty good. I like just straight, good old-fashioned American red cap milk. Cold, maybe an ice cube in there. Yeah, ice cube in there. And that's it. All I need is a nice cold. I cannot drink milk like that. What? Only in cereal or with cookies? I can't drink hot milk. No. Like warm? No. Yeah. I mean, I like it with cereal, but a nice cold glass of milk is just... I just didn't grow up drinking milk like that. Even in school, I'd I give mean, away I'm my not, milk. My family arms. wasn't big in milk. I, I mean, I just love it. In school, because I didn't want to have hot breath. So <laughs> I, <would give> it <laughs> away. I don't think I drank the milk. The milk from school either. I was more of the orange juice bag. What are they? The Mister J or Mister J with yeah. the little boxing gloves on? <laughs> yeah. What was was he a juice box that was like had I think arms he was a juice or box was just with some like he had arms? And shit. Yeah, yeah, like the, little arms and then the glo- the black gloves on him. Even had like the the boxing <laughs> shoes too, <laughs> Mr. J. Um, you watch you watch a lot of boxing like when you're not training, or I mean, is it something you just kind of get tired of? And no, never. Um, I I do watch the big fights. I'm actually um, I don't I don't watch much TV. If if anything, you know, I'll, I'll probably catch a game or two. Like, um, I, I just watched the Cavs and the and the Warriors game, but aside from that, I haven't watched basketball all year. And uh, the last fight that I watched, I think it was the the Wilder fight, Wilder Ortiz fight. That was a and that was that was a good fight, man. I, I watched it. Me and her watched it here on the couch. There's just me and her, and I'm like screaming at the. I'm like, put him down, put him down. You wanted Wilder to win, or oh, of course, yeah. I always. I mean, I like the Cubans too. But yeah. I'm if there's an American fighter, I'm going for the American. Yeah. The only That's way I'm not going for an American is in MMA. I'm going for Connor. Oh. Which yeah. I mean, I'm part Connor Irish too, so it kind of works. But everything else, anything, any MMA or boxing, I go for American fighters. I do like, you know, there are some exceptions that you know, like I like Leo Santa Cruz, which he's he's Mexican, but he's American. You know, right, he's born here. American fighter. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys. There, I mean, obviously, I like good fighters, so. You know, exactly. I cheer. I cheer on a lot of different guys, but for the most part, there's. I mean, there's a couple of American guys that I don't really like either, like the Charlos. I'm not really a big fan of the Charlo brothers. Like, what I what I can say that I like about them is just their their mindset and like basically how they believe in themselves and their work ethic. Aside from that, I mean, they're they're decent boxers. They're assholes. Um, but they, you know, how they carry themselves outside of the ring right. kind of reflects a lot. And, I mean, I'm not a boxer by no means. And, you know, I'm just a, you know, a fan. I like right. to watch. They haven't really fought anybody, you know? Like, up until now, who is it? Jerm- 
Jamal is about to fight Trout. Uh, Jamel. Jamel. Yeah, Jamel's going to fight Trout. That's fight, probably his biggest test, you know, to date. Yeah, he knocked out my boy Lubin. I was, I was yeah, my the friend. Yeah, Orlando. We, yeah, we grew yeah, up together. Yeah, Eric, isn't Eric, right? Eric Lubin. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was a, and that was a nasty KO too. He he folded him. Yeah, it, it was crazy because you've uh, you've uh, trained with him before, and are you? Just, yeah, you know, yeah, we've trained together. Um, we've gotten we've gotten ready for some tournaments together. We've we've traveled together. Um, the first my first national tournament we i rode in the car we rode in the car together it, how old is uh how old is he uh, he's just a few months older than me oh so he's like 24 so, yeah. or are you 24 22 so he, he's he's gotta be 22 20 turning 20, 23, yeah, 23 around there um yeah it's just one of those things man it's it's boxing though you know it can happen to anybody anytime any day you make a mistake get hey you make a mistake and you know you end up end up paying the consequences it's, it's bad too because i i thought it was i still think it would have been an interesting fight had that had that not have happened um i mean i went going into that fight i really i really thought uh the the kid lubin because the fight that he had b- right before that he looked you know flawless yeah he went right. untouched you know knocked you down like i think like the it's fifth one round is one of the things like i said again the quality of opponents you know there's a big difference between that guy that he fought and charlo and charlo yeah you know, it's it's just it's a step up in, in caliber, and um, you know, I, st- I still feel like he's ready for that type of for that for those type of fights. Um, just now, he has to get himself back into contention. Yeah, that. that's the thing is, you get knocked out, you got to start from scratch again. Yeah. And I mean, unless you're one of those, you know, uh, uh, like a um, Kodo or something like that, you're always going to get you know a one opponents yeah, just because you just know, because what you've established right. already. So him being a younger fighter, you know, it's, it might take him a, a couple more fights to get back to another contending uh, spot. Um, I had uh, I had a couple of guys that I grew up with in the amateurs last year that uh, ended up getting knocked out, and you know it's kind of sad because you see these guys they work hard, you grew up with them, and something like that happens. So you just you really wish them you know a speedy recovery. And that uh, you know that their that their mindset doesn't change, and uh, you know they get back they get back on their feet and they keep boxing. Well, that's part of any sport, really. Is someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. So <laughs> you know, I mean, you obviously hope you could be a Mayweather and go fifty and oh, you know, something like that. But in all reality, you got a fifty percent chance of every fight to lose. So yeah. it's a it is a hard thing to go into just knowing you're gonna win all the time. You know, there's got to be you know, one little spot in the back of your head that's, you know, a reality saying, I honestly could get knocked out here or all it could be. take is one thing and I'm done. Um, one punch. I mean, look, yeah. I mean, look at one punch changes. changes most of all the greats other than Floyd have been, you know, put down. Mike Tyson got, you know, put down. I think the one that hurt me the most was Roy Jones. Oof, and he fell off hard, too. It was just... Who was who was your favorite fighter growing up? Was it a Roy Jones or a Mayweather or? Um, in the house, I, I would say it was um, Trinidad, just because um, being Puerto Rican, yeah. my family always, you know, always watched his fights. Um, growing up, at, once I got a little older, though, I would say it was Roy Jones. Uh, just style, speed, power, you know, cockiness, he, everything. He he had it, and you know to see him get see him get beat the way he did by somebody that. I still never feel like was, you know, was as talented as him. And that's just one of those things that you get caught. You put the right punch together and you land it. And, you know, it could change a whole fight just like that. 
you know. Um, being a Tampa kid, are you a big Thurman fan? Yeah, I've I've I've, I've probably known Thurman since I was like fifteen, sixteen. Have you ever uh, trained over there in St. Pete? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was actually one of the first gyms that I went to for a, for a long time was the, the gym on 49th Street. So I seen Keith uh, kind of come up from around that time. James Tony was in there. Yeah, we had uh, Jeff Lacey. Yeah, Lacey. Had Winky. A um, couple that's, of other fighters. They that's another had, one, too. Winky. Winky was a... He was pretty. He was a, a top tier boxer up until, and now he's a commentator, right? He, he commentates. Yeah, he, I, I think he. Yeah, he commentates. He was a, a bad. Couple. He's a bad motherfucker back in the day when I was like fourteen, fifteen. I was like one of the top boxers. What what weight class was he? Uh, One fifty four. So that's what middle. Uh, junior middleweight, and then at, and I know he fought a little bit at one sixty as well. So he fought at those two weight classes, which you know I've always been good. Even now, they're you know some of the best. Some of the best fighters are at those weights. So being a welterweight, what do you think about this? The welterweight division right now, with you got Garcia, Porter, Thurman, Spence. Um, I mean, Kelbrook still in the mix. Kelbrook is still yeah, he still he's can be still in that one forty-seven. Um, you could have possibly. Broner move up to one forty seven. You could have Crawford go up to one forty seven. Crawford's at forty seven. Oh yeah, he did. He so. yeah, he did go up. He he dropped. He vacated the junior. He vacated. All, yeah, he vacated. So all what, the I mean, bones. Thurman coming back. It's got to be before the end of the year. He's got to come back and fight. He mm. should should get the winner of Porter, uh, um, Danny Porter Garcia, because they're fighting for the vacated belt, right? I think so. I think they they're gonna fight for the WBC now, since uh, Sean Porter's the WBC silver champion. Yeah, whatever. So, they, yeah, all so those belt wrestling. That's another thing that's something they made up. It's like wrestling now. They it's have like man. thirty different belts per for, for, for per weight. It's like they have all kinds of different WBCs, and you get the WBO, you get the IBF, the like, WBA. There's there's like seventeen different belts, and then they have. Like interim like type belts that they don't mm-hmm. call interim belts, but they're it's just so the the one sole belt that matters the WBO belt or WBC, WBC belt the green one the money belt um, Keith Thurman belt. vacated because what he broke his hand or something like that or what was so it what what happened um, he had elbow surgery oh, and yeah, he's, elbow you know he's not he's saying he's still not able to. You know, to go ahead and perform with with how it's feeling right now, um, you know, it's just one of those things where you know you just you got to put into perspective if you know if you're if you're meant to be the champion, if you're the best in the you'll division, get it back. you'll get it back. And um, I feel like that's what his mindset was. I, I mean, I, I believe it. him. I think he's definitely the top three welterweights, and out of all those people we've named, yeah, right now. I gotta see. I gotta see how Crawford performs against against this guy. Um, Just the thing about him is he's coming up from that being such a small guy. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he might have heavy hands still, but he hasn't been hit by a guy that throws like a Thurman, like a Spence, like you know any of those any Garcia. Of those even like you know they're throwing. They have a lot more behind their punches than these the guys that he's fighting at one thirty five and one thirty and. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, we, we definitely got to see how he transitions into the weight. But as far as just the skills, uh, he if he can do it, he's gonna give everybody at one forty seven a lot, a lot, a lot to handle. I like him. I mean, I, I've I enjoy watching him fight. I think he's a real fun guy to watch. Yeah. He's real. 
You know, he's for, loose. He's, he's he's like that lanky. He's got a lot of reach. You know, and he just puts people out. He doesn't let it. He doesn't let it go down to the end. Yeah, Nebraska. He's from Nebraska, from Nebraska. so that's cool too. He's a country a country boy that he just wants to fight. fight. That's all yeah. he wants to do. Exactly. But then I like that's kind of like I like Spence too because he's Alabama, same type of thing. He's just thoroughbred, just and he's a scary fighter for all those guys named. Oh yeah, I mean you know, he, he's, he's I say right now at one forty seven, he's the guy that people want to fight the least. Uh, oh well, de- I mean that's you know a lot of people said that's why Thurman vacated and took mm-hmm. the time because he didn't want to fight him because that would have been the mandatory would have been. Yeah, the, those two are as long as you know they both continue to win. Those two are you know on a path towards each other to to, to meet up sometime next year, uh, probably late next year with how long uh, it's taking Keith to get back. So, hey, he'll definitely need a fight or two before he steps into that. Yeah, he's he's gonna need a. I would say he's going to need a tune-up fight to face even the winner of of uh, Porter and, yeah, and Garcia. Garcia. He's still going to need a tune-up fight before then. Then once he gets that fight, he's going to see how he performs. If he's able to perform, you know, at his uh, at somewhere near his peak, I see the fight happening sometime next year. And I'd like that's going to be it's going to be a major fight. It's going to be a good fight. That's going to be somebody just recently asked who who, who I picked the winner as. And, I still don't have an it's answer. It's hard to tell. I mean, well, it's also hard to tell because we haven't seen Keith fight since he fought Garcia. So it's kind of like you can't, you know, if you go off of Keith when he fought Porter, Garcia back-to-back, I'd say I'd say Thurman, you know. I mean, who's – Arrow's the biggest opponent was when he just fought Kell Brook. I mean, mm-hmm. Kell Brook is – I mean, he's still good, but he's kind of, you know, on the decline. They were hurt. Kell was the, was the fight with Triple G. Whoosh. Then um, – you know, then now he f- he fights Spence and gets gets down two weight classes. So that doesn't you know that doesn't make anything better for himself. And Spence is just he's really uh, he's really one of those guys that just keeps pushing forward, throws a lot of punches. Big kid, he's strong. a big he's a big welterweight, and uh, you know he'll, he'll give a lot of people issues at that weight. Especially um, you know Keith Thurman can still he can still box, he can punch, he's quick. Um, so but he has been que- the only thing questionable about Keith is body shot. Body shot, and it's been he's been, been rocked a couple of times by a body shot that almost put him out. Yeah, by Koyasu and, and Spence throws a lot of body shots. That's, I say that's probably the the main reason why he's able to get a lot of these guys out of there um, is because you know he puts the body work in early. You know he'll get him out of there in the later rounds, like he did with uh, Kell Brook. I think it was like the eleventh round they stopped yeah. it, but. You know, he, Kel Kel was done. He didn't he didn't have much left to give. Yeah, he was. I mean, that's the name of the game. You know, if you can't knock somebody out, you could take him out of the fight with a, huh. with a body shots. I yeah. mean, that that's what drops their hands. That's what opens up a lot of things. Is makes you them slower, attack takes the body, the and you know, guys lose. They, they say if you want if if you got a mobile guy that can you know that's that's moving well, he's elusive. You'll stop him and uh, you, like basically you'll stop him and, and paralyze him with the body. That's, crack a rib. That's the truth. I mean, I'm sure you Roy crack Jones a rib. Did that. What? Broke a guy's rib. I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys have had broken ribs boxing. Yeah. Especially heavyweights. You know, a lot of heavyweights. You know, they land. It could take one from a heavyweight right on the button on on one of your ribs and it's broke. I don't know. 
I don't know who he fought, but I know Muhammad Ali fought with a broken jaw for a few rounds. I think, I think it was like five or six rounds he fought with a, a broken jaw. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Well, you got to imagine how many guys fight with broken noses. And, I mean, every time you get hit with with a broken nose, every time the punch hits, your whole – I mean, I'm, I can only imagine your whole body feels it off of it getting hit in the nose. So imagine fighting with a broken jaw or guys fuck, fuck up their, their uh, shoulders and they still fight the whole they fight. Still fight. Go get. Yeah, I'll get surgery later, but I gotta finish I this gotta finish first. It. <laughs> no. Going that's back crazy. to what I said, that's a different mind frame right there. You gotta be a straight animal. Going back to what I said, you know, you can either win the fight, hurt, or lose, lose the, the fight, fight and hurt. <laughs> just up to you what you decide to do. And I've seen that a couple of times where a guy, uh, a guy actually pulled his shoulder out of socket. Uh, it was the right hand. He pulled out of socket, and um, his opponent noticed. And he starts coming forward, and then the guy, the guy ended up landing a left uppercut and knocked him Just out. Just put him out. You know, it's it one of those things. I think uh, David Hay broke his ankle or something in the with fight Bellew. with Bellu. But, but then look at the second time they came out. Bellu oh, stopped him. Yeah, I, mean, I like I like Tony Bellu, and I mean he's not he's not very big like to do it. But I'd like to see him go up and fight Anthony Joshua. Why not? He's one of those. He's one. I mean, obviously, anything anybody fighting Anthony Joshua is a toss up, but he's a brawler. You know, he's yeah. he'll yeah, he'll, he'll walk in, in and he's not he's not easily put out. So he's gonna go in there and do and and do his best. I, the only fight to make with that is Wilder Joshua. It has to happen. Wilder and Joshua for sure. Uh, that's that has to happen in the heavyweight division. That's the fight there. Um, but Bellu got knocked out by by Donna Stevenson. So that's one of the things that I don't know. I, I don't think he'll want to fight with Joshua. No. I mean, I'm sure he will because he'll want. Oh, he he's at, he'll want to get paid. He's towards the end of his career soon, so he'll. Why not go out with that? Money talks for a lot. You know, for a lot of guys like like uh, this guy that went and fought Triple G, moved up two weight classes, Kel Brook. Yeah, obviously he. The money talked. Money must have did a lot of talking. This guy. A lot of the people fighting Triple G, the money talks to him because. <laughs> they know it's gonna happen. <laughs> That's why when when the fight was close with with Canelo and Triple G, I said, "Oh, it's gonna be a draw." Before the before the cards came out and they were red, which was crazy because I mean I I mean I thought it was a good fight, but I, I saw thought, it I thought I had Triple G. G I thought by, I did by too. a round or two. Um, but you know, it's boxing. It is a close fight, and what's gonna you know what's gonna make them more money having one fight or having potentially two or three having fights? a potential. Uh, Tainted uh, carnitas taco <laughs> mess yeah, up mess up the, the next fight. <laughs> and I seen uh, they did a Triple G's camp. They did a commercial with Jordan. I don't know if you saw it. it. You saw it where uh, Anibal said, or yeah. is it, "No, who's his trainer?" His his trainer is uh, San- is it Anibal San? Uh, what's his name? Something. I, I can't Sanchez. think of his name. Abel. 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 Yeah, I don't know why I can want to say Anibal. Abel. He. When he's eating the steak and it says, uh, and it's called hard work, yeah, something. You, oh, you have to have a superpower, yep. How do you get it? Hard work, and he's both killing the bag, steak. yeah. That was that was a badass commercial. It was like right after, too, yeah. like they were ready for it, yep. No, they made they didn't take any time at all to go ahead and make that. And you know, it's just it's one of those things where you know, you got fighters that are putting in hard work, doing everything that they can to. To you know, stay within their, stay within the the guidelines of the VADA testing, and then you got guys that you know that do go ahead and cheat. Like Antonio Tarver just got hit again, 
with PEDs. Which I don't know why he's even boxing still. I mean, yeah, I mean, but it's just you know, it's one of those things that people, you know, that people don't realize. Um, you know, everybody, everybody wants um, you know, everybody wants some type of an edge. Uh, the best way to get that edge is in the gym. Yeah, you know, it's not in anything that you're taking. In reality, all you're going to do is hinder yourself later on. You know, yeah. those things aren't going to stay working for your body. Um, you know, so. What's the testing like for y'all? Do y'all, y'all have, are y'all under that? Not yet. I'm not, I haven't had to enroll in any VADA testing or anything like that. I don't Once get I start test- fighting for you belts, get tested at all? Like, I haven't been tested since I was an amateur for, for any like tournaments like or something stuff. like that. You yeah, to do it? for any illegal substance, we haven't. Haven't been tested since an amateur. Normally, like, when guys are coming up, uh, they won't test for a while till they get close to a belt or something. Then that's when they'll go ahead and do the testing. Um, because that, you know, that sanctioning body, they'll go ahead and pay for everything and make sure that these guys are doing what they need to be doing. Hmm. Do you have a man, like, do you have, like, a manager or, like, a, like, a agent or anything like that? Or how does that work? I mean, it's just you, like, everything's just based off of what you do or... So right now, um, as far as everything goes, I'm a free agent. I can fight on any uh, any card that I that I want to. If you know, if I feel like it's a if it's a good fight, um, pretty much the guy that does everything for me is my dad. So I would refer to him as a manager type, mm-hmm. where he's you know he looks at the contracts, he looks for the opponents, he looks for promotions to reach out to to say, hey, look, uh, I can I can get my son on this card. You know, he's he brings a good crowd. Any anybody in the Tampa area is gonna probably be inclined to put me on just because of the fan base that I have mm-hmm. behind me, and my dad's pretty much been the one that put everything together for me as far as that, as well as like any merchandise that we've done with T-shirts. Um, we're also gonna start working on something new uh, within the next couple of weeks. We're gonna make some bobbleheads. Nice. So that would be pretty. Glad cool. to get one. We'll put it on the the shelf with all yeah. the other ones. Um, I was gonna ask. Uh, like how does it work with like a tick like you say you you were selling tickets to the event like mm-hmm. do you get obviously you get some type of a payoff for your whatever your contract states but what about like the ticket sales do you get any type of like a percentage or so what some so what some companies will do that we've been offered is they'll they'll do a base rate and then they'll do a percentage on top of what I sell other companies will just do the base rate and then there's also been the offer of adjust a percentage of what i sell so um it's pretty pretty much between those three is flexible um obviously the probably the best one is the base rate right, with, get paid a, with the percentage um you make sure you want to get paid a, a solid fee before right before anything. any before any tickets are sold or anything like that um because we have we have had a few issues in the past um but that's probably the easiest way to make it for everybody, um, promoters and things like that, they're pretty pretty neutral with it because they know you know good good for it to bring a good crowd, and you know everybody everybody supports and comes out and you know, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I've been to a couple of them. They're fun. They're fun to go to. I've been to a lot of pro fights, and you know sometimes it's you know not as fun to watch a pro fight from way up in the top when I can watch you know. Equally, you know, talented guys, and I could be right next to the 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 ring and watch it. You know, right there is kind of cool. Um, that is true. I mean, it's you know, you put it in that way, and it's like you're still getting the same show, just paying less and paying less, getting 
Yeah, way better seat everywhere in the in the place is a good seat. But um I wanna keep you too long. Uh when's your next fight? June sixteenth, uh at the St. Pete Coliseum. Oh, so it's not gonna be here, it's in it's on the yeah, other it's side. In St. Pete, yeah, other side of the bridge. Um who are you fighting? Uh, Javier Garcia. He's a veteran, he's got like twenty two fights. So, you know, look forward to, to getting getting in the ring with him, somebody that's had some experience. Uh, he, he has fought some guys that, you know, haven't been a world champion yet, but they have made it into uh, into being a, a decent contender, and they weren't able to actually stop him. So that's one of the things I'm looking forward Good to. Good test is, for you. you think yeah, this is your, your highest test yet? or um, I, I, I want to say not the previous fight, but the fight before. Uh, the one that I had in November, that was so far my, my toughest test. That's the one that you got put down in? Yeah. So that one that one so far has been it for me. Um, you know, just look forward to growing, though, and uh, being better. So June 16th, you said? June 16th. June 16th. I'll be there. I'm going to go to this. I, I wanted to go to the one, uh, I think it was the last one that you had. At the fairground? Yeah. Yeah, the guy was starting to dance and stuff, and then... Uh, <laughs> I think it was the second round. I put my hands behind my back, and then he he saw that and thought he could dance some more. And I, I ended up throwing a quick right hand that he didn't see coming, caught him, followed by a couple of left hooks and right hands, and then put him down for the first time in the in the fight, just like that. So you just gotta keep cool. putting on good shows like that. Exactly, and that I mean that's probably why Roy Jones growing up was my favorite. Yeah, he did that chicken dance. Just, yeah. He, I think I did all kinds What's of crazy things. is the timing he had behind that. He'd hit the chin edge and then a straight right. And it lands. And it knocks him out. <laughs> it's like, he has a whole highlight reel of that. It's crazy. Well, Mark Reyes Jr., Tampa Boxing. It's all. It's what it's all about here. Hopefully, uh, we see you on a, a Showtime or HBO or a ESPN top-ranked. Yeah, that's the plan. They go ahead and get on these, uh, get on these national, you know, televised fights and make a make a bigger name for myself. And you know, just anybody that appreciates boxing should should appreciate the way that I fight. I try to keep it interesting, and uh, you know, even though the knockout may not always come, I always make it an exciting fight to watch. Hey, that's what everybody appreciates—a good fight. Well, I'm glad you came. You're welcome I thank you for on. having me. Welcome on anytime you want. Maybe we can get you on after the fight, and we can do a little follow up. Let everybody oh, know. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to love to talk while I'm eating my steak. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll cook you a steak for you. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. Uh, episode nineteen. Take us out, Mo.